Good to see you all. Welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Ben. It's so great to see you. Uh, well, I want to invite you to do something. If you will sign in to register your attendance, we'd really appreciate that. There's a booklet on the end of the, your row. You'll sign in and pass it down. If you are worshiping online with us, uh, if you're on the website via live stream, if you'll back out of full screen mode, uh, click on that red rectangle above the video screen that says register your attendance. Fill out that form, come on back. We'd appreciate that. If you're on Facebook Live, you can register on the event page itself. Well, a few things are happening here this week and in the weeks to come. Uh, things that are important to what we are doing here as a whole church. First, on Monday, August 16th, we have our back-to-school water bash. It's going to be an absolute blast. It's in Boulder Trail Park in the Lost Creek neighborhood. We're working with our friends from Lost Creek Living Magazine, the Lost Creek Neighborhood Association, and Tinny Barbecue. Uh, so all good things. Eat some great food. Have some fun. It's an all-ages event. It's going to be a blast. It's free. So come on out and join us. Uh, please do RSVP on the events page uh, to, to let us know you're coming and or to sign up to volunteer. We have a church-wide cleanup on Saturday, August 14th from 9 a.m. to noon. Uh, so if you'd like to organize, you can help us sort through all kinds of wonderful things. All right, so it's going to be a blast Saturday, August 14th, 9 a.m. to noon. Uh, Youth Summer Sunday's Fun is happening again this Sunday, 5 to 6.30, right here in the Worship Center, because Ms. Kelly Brewer will be showing our students what it is to play handbells. So it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, right here at the church, 5 to 6.30. Uh, one last thing, uh, we have Adult Summer Sunday programming uh, that is happening throughout the summer. We've got a couple more weeks left of this special programming today. Pastor Tracy will be leading us through the book of the Song of Songs, which is really awesome and beautiful. Uh, and then next week, our very own Susan Landers will be sharing about her new book, and we're excited about that as well. Well, thank you all for listening. It is great to see your faces even if I can only see half of it. And <laughs> let's have a great day of worship. And uh, you all may have noticed everybody's masked. Thank you all for doing that. Uh, we're, we're back at stage five. And so, um, so the way we're going to handle this in worship is uh, we're going to try to have only one person in the whole room unmasked, whoever's talking or, or singing. Uh, we hope, we hope that's okay with you, that I'm far enough away. This is good social distancing, right? Are you, are you all comfortable? Okay, good. And you all watching at home, you're comfortable? Okay, good. <laughs> um, boy, that would be a heck of a virus. <laughs> but, um, and then the other thing, and this, this pains me a little bit. I believe worship should be completely participatory as a song leader. Um, but we're going to ask you to sing in your hearts. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and, um, and we'll go ahead and remain seated, and I hope that, um, that the lyrics mean something to you. And um, maybe you can hum along quietly. Um, maybe you can close your eyes in prayer and just uh, open up your hands in a prayerful manner or something like that. That would be, um, that would be wonderful. But this is, this is worship, people, and it is still, um, you know, worship is, is, um, is a verb. It's something we do and not just something we attend. And I hope that even in the midst of a pandemic that that will not interfere with worship and interfere with the Holy Spirit moving through this house and moving through our hearts. So let's enjoy worship together. From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea Revealing your majesty From the colors of fall To the fragrance of spring Every creature unique In the song that it sings All exclaiming Indescribable Uncontainable You place the stars in sky and you know them by name you are amazing god all-powerful untamable awestruck we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim 
beautiful, Frank. Welcome. My name is Tracy Beadle. I'm the senior pastor here at Westlake United Methodist Church, and I am so glad that you're all here to worship with us, those of you here in the room and those of you joining us online. Before we are called to worship, I want to make an announcement that did come out in email previously this week, but in case you did not read the email, um, just want to make sure that as many people as possible are aware of this upcoming transition. Our beloved Megan Getman has tendered her resignation. She has uh, been offered and accepted an amazing opportunity with Austin Rowing, where she has been um, and will continue to be a coach, a rowing coach, and director of all of their programming. It's a very exciting opportunity for her, and her heart calls her there, and we will miss her. Um, she will be with us until the first Sunday of September, so we have plenty of time to um, be with her and to say our goodbyes, and we also will plan to have some sort of um, fellowship opportunity on her last Sunday here, that first Sunday of uh, September, probably during the Sunday school hour, so keep an eye out for more information about that. The good news is that um, Kelly Brewer, our uh, handbell director and associate director of music ministries has agreed to step in on a part-time interim basis to shepherd our children's programming, much of which is already in place, thanks to Megan and Children's Council, amazing leadership and, and planning. So I think we're in really good shape for children's ministries in the fall. And um, our Beloved Ashley Mangold, who was raised right here in this community, is going to shepherd our youth ministries um, in the same way that Kelly will be shepherding our children's ministries. So um, we have a lot of very robust programming planned for all of our age levels, and we look forward to sharing all of that with you. Now, while we can't sing um, aloud, we can speak because... As far as we know, the aerosols don't go very far when you're just speaking. So I'm going to invite you to please rise as we are called to worship and respond with the words as they appear on the screen in yellow. It's time to listen for God's voice. Well, the day is here and the time is now to find new hope in God. 
Then come and join in the hope we share of God's never-ending love. Totally, completely, without reservation, God is worthy of our praise. I want to invite everyone now to turn and uh, share the peace of Christ with one another in physically distanced, socially safe ways. Peace of Christ to you all. All right. Well, it's children's time, so I'll invite our child to come forward. <laughs> and Sam, all right. Um. Oh, lots of children. Yeah. Jesus loves me, this yeah. I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Hallelujah. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, I went to sleep last night, and when I was sleeping this morning, I got up on this side, my right side. Actually, I was on my stomach, so it, it was on my left side, right? How many of you woke up on your left side this morning? How many woke up on the right side this morning? Oh, man, the rights have it, right? Okay, well, here's a question for you. How many woke up on the right side versus the wrong side of the bed this morning? Hmm, yeah. You know, some people talk about that. They talk about waking up on the right side or the wrong side. In fact, sometimes I'll get out of bed, I go about my day, and at some point, somebody will say, Sam, it sure looks like you got up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, right? What do you think they meant by that? They mean that I'm no fun. I'm crabby, I'm angry, I've got frustration, I'm just walking around with a frown on my face. That's what that means, yeah. In today's passage, in the Bible that we'll be looking at, we talk about getting rid of that crabbiness and getting rid of the anger, letting it go so we can walk in peace and love. And how do you do that? How do you go about doing that? Well, I was thinking about waking up on the wrong side of the bed. And I was thinking about, well, step number one, get plenty of sleep, right? Get plenty of sleep because that helps you start out every day walking in love, right? But what other things can we do with a pillow? Well, we can snuggle with it. Some of my best all-time prayers are in this position, right here. Just snuggling with a pillow, bringing comfort. It's wonderful. God speaks through pillows. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I can do is, oh, with one of my best friends, I can have a pillow fight! Yes! <laughs> That's fun, and having fun with your friends is another way to get rid, 
to release your anger and frustration, right? Let's see. Oh, and then sometimes if I'm really mad at Frank, I can just, wah, right? That's much better than hitting Frank. I can just take it out on my pillow, right? The point is that God not only wants us to get rid of anger and frustration so we can walk in love, but God gives us a million ways to do that, right? We have amazing ways to release anger and frustration so that we can get that all out of the way so we can be servants of God. That's the way that works, right? Pretty cool. So help me pray. Dear God, help me wake up on and live on the right side of the bed. Help me release my anger and crabbiness and walk in peace and love. Amen. Thank you. a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, think I've lost my way, still you're there right beside me. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And now a reading from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning of verse 25. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, my sister is three years older than I am, and we had our fair share of sibling arguments and fights growing up. My parents were pretty patient with us, but one day they got sick of hearing us bicker. And so they told my sister and I to memorize Ephesians 4.32, which says, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. When either of my parents saw an argument ramping up, they'd stop us and they would say, Ephesians 4.32, which meant we had to stop and recite the scripture to one another. In the heat of the moment, we may not have necessarily fully taken in the point of that scripture, but it did diffuse the argument, and we moved on with the situation. Some of you might be getting some ideas here about what you may be doing in your own home or, you know, with your kids or with your, your partner, you know, however that works out. 
And so before we jump into this scripture today, I think it's important to remember that this was a letter written to a first century church with its own culture and its own context. And if you read this letter in its entirety, you'll definitely see what I'm talking about. Well, some people believe that this letter was written by the Apostle Paul, while others think it was maybe written by some of his close confidants. Either way, the intended audience was a younger church made up of Jews and Gentiles who decided to join with those who followed in the way of Jesus of Nazareth. So throughout the letters, there are themes of, or this letter, there's a theme of uh, a new life that's found in Christ and the unity that, the, that those followers find uh, when they join together in one purpose. And not only that, but these followers were linked and unified with a common purpose, to do the good works that Christ had set out for them from the very beginning. And as you get into this letter, you see what types of ethics and actions should exist within this community of Jesus followers. And that's exactly what we find in our scripture today. It might seem fairly straightforward, but there's something so gripping in this scripture. In the opening line, we are compelled to put away all falsehood and speak truth to our neighbors because we are all connected to one another as part of one body. Like I said, it seems pretty straightforward that we should put away falsehood and speak truth. But the writer gives us the reason why this is so crucial. We speak the truth because we are all connected to one another. We're all connected to one another. We currently live in a social media age. It's become apparent that false rumors spread faster and wider than true information. In fact, in a 2018 study published in the Massachusetts Institute of Technology Journal called Science, and don't try and read all that, I just wanted you to show that this is where it's coming from, <laughs> researchers found that falsehoods are 70% more likely to be retweeted on Twitter than the truth. And these falsehoods reach their first 1,500 people six times faster. The study found that this effect was, not, was the most pronounced uh, among political views. We are in the midst of another surge in the, of the coronavirus, locally, nationally, and, glo and globally, and there has been so much harm that's been done through the spread of misinformation on social media concerning the virus. We are all connected, and it's become even more apparent as we watch this virus spread through our close proximity to one another. The truth is important in what we speak, what we post, and what we share. It can affect what people do. Beyond the importance of stating what is plainly true and refraining from sharing what is clearly untrue, there's another important aspect of truth-telling. The truth is that you and I and everyone on this planet are the beloved of God. To speak in a way that diminishes the value or worth within any other is speaking falsehood. Obviously, we critique harmful actions, but we do not diminish the worth of a person. It is God's ultimate goal to redeem, to repair, and to restore everything and everyone in the whole of creation. Next, the writer of this letter implores us not to be angry to the point of sin, to not let the sun go down on our anger, and to keep uh, from giving the devil a foothold. Now, first, anger is a part of our natural emotional response. Sam did a beautiful job uh, sharing about this. And I love the pillow analogy. Yeah, take it out on the pillow. So anger in and of itself isn't bad. Of course, selfish anger is not healthy, but anger at injustice is righteous, like we see from Jesus, especially when it leads to constructive actions to bring about change which makes people's lives better. Second, the instruction to not let the sun go down on your anger is key because it is so much easier to sleep at night without stewing in your anger when you know what constructive steps you might take to address those necessary issues. And when you do this, you keep the devil from gaining a foothold in your heart. And now here's something interesting. In the Greek, this word is diabolos, 
and it means the slanderer. In the Hebrew, the word for this type of figure is Satan, which you may see as Satan, but it's really pronounced Satan, which means the accuser. The writers of our scriptures wrote about metaphysical forces at work behind the scenes that influence actions and cause harm to diminish the worth of people created in God's image. While we're not going down that rabbit hole this morning, we can point to some of those moments, some moments in our history, both near and far, that would cause us to wonder what kind of forces are at work in the world causing such extreme violence and hatred. In the Middle Ages uh, and beyond, there were the blood libels. Jewish people were accused of killing a child each year and drinking that child's blood for ceremonial purposes. Accusations were often made around the time of Passover, with some claiming that that blood was actually baked into the Passover bread. This, of course, was absolutely ridiculous and patently false. Besides, there were prohibitions in Jewish dietary laws about consuming blood of any kind. That slander and accusation over the course of centuries influenced the perception of Jewish people throughout the diaspora. And it led to more and more slander and more and more accusation, which resulted in widespread persecution and even killing. We can see how damaging the work of slander and accusation are in more extreme ways, but we can also see that slander and accusation can damage one's work or job opportunities, or worse yet, one's relationships. Back to the opening verse in our scripture. We recognize the importance of speaking truth because we all belong to one another. We are members of the same body. Next, the writer appeals to the hearers to give up theft as a means of supporting oneself. And not just that, the listener is encouraged to pursue honest work so that they can contribute to some, something to those that are in need. This is so important. It's so poignant. It goes beyond the declaration, don't steal. <laughs> this is a positive and a constructive reason for the alternative of honest work, to give to those that are in need. A community that takes care of those in need will slow the impulse to steal to provide for oneself. The writer goes on to talk about evil and unwholesome talk. And you might be thinking that now we're going to talk about cussing. Well, <laughs> you're wondering, maybe you're wondering, is this an exhortation to stop dropping those nasty F-bombs? No, that's not what we're going to talk about. This is so much bigger and deeper than that. Because you can refrain from cussing and still tear somebody down or diminish their worth with biting words. This is about utilizing our speech for building others up. Your words have the power to bring grace to those that hear. That is a beautiful thing to imagine, isn't it? That your words have the power to bring grace to people's lives. How would you rate your conversations? Do people leave feeling better or worse? Do they sense love or scorn? Do they sense hope or despair? Do they sense disappointment or that you have faith in them? By the way, if you've never seen the show Ted Lasso, it is a fantastic, feel-good comedy. Kindness makes a comeback is what some have said about Ted Lasso. And without going into too much detail, it's about an American college football coach that goes to England to coach an English football team without knowing a whole lot about this sport that we on the other side of the pond call soccer. His folksy speech, his disarming demeanor, and incessant belief in people wins folks over, even his worst critics. And I think this show has received so much positive attention because we desperately crave people like Ted Lasso in our lives. We all want a coach to believe in us, to see the potential in us, and to draw out the best in us for the good of our team or our community. Leadership has been defined as believing in others more than they believe in themselves. We are all members of one body, 
May we constantly look to speak words of healing so that we may grow stronger as we build one another up. The writer of the letter goes on to implore the hearers to refrain from grieving the Holy Spirit, the one whose mark or seal we all bear for the day of redemption. Now, what is this writer talking about? In the ancient world, people had particular seals that were unique to them and their household, uh, to their guild or to their government or, or any other sort of thing. It was like a signature in a sense. When someone saw a particular seal on a document, they would know that the contents of this document represented the one whose seal it bore. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we fail to care for each member of the family of God, when we do not work to heal and build one another up. But see, we have been marked for the day of redemption, when God promises to repair what is broken, to heal all wounds, to dry every tear, and restore what is lost. We have been marked with hope for what is to come, and we have been empowered to bear witness to that reality here and now even if only as signposts pointing us towards that day of redemption. The writer goes on to say that we should put away all of the things that harm ourselves and one another. But it's not just a list of don'ts. Back to Ephesians 4.32. And be kind to one another. Actually, you know what? Let's read this together, okay? And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God and Christ has forgiven you. We spent a good amount of the summer talking about kindness and the many ways that it can be interpreted and applied. Kindness is welcoming, compassionate, caring, thankful, loving, and it can even be hard. But how about this word tender-hearted? To me, this screams empathy and understanding. Seek to understand first then to be understood. The next constructive action is to be forgiving of one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. And let's be clear that forgiveness does not mean that accountability for an action is somehow wiped away. We live with the consequences of actions that harm others, and yet we are not defined by the worst things we have done. Punishment alone is not justice. In God's economy, justice is always restorative. Forgiveness softens our hearts and makes them tender, tender enough so that we can believe with God in the restoration and the repair of all things. And not only to believe it, but to work with God in pointing us towards that ultimate reality. The writer goes on to say, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us. When we live in such a way that continually takes into account the needs of others and builds others up, we imitate the way that God loves us in Christ. The point of this whole scripture is about building one another up. And I recognize that this message you've heard today could instill guilt, like somehow you're not measuring up to the standard that you've just heard. And I get that. But we have a coach. We have an advocate, one whose seal that we bear and is calling out the best in us. We have one that believes in us more than we believe and ourselves. And this seal that we bear marks us for the day of redemption, when God will make all things new through repair and restoration. By the way, I maybe should have said this way earlier, but I see so many incredible examples of this kind of behavior, this kind of kindness, this kind of building up, this kind of generosity, this kind of forgiveness in you. I see this in this congregation. I see so many examples of it. When we set our eyes on what is promised, 
so that we can be inspired to live into that promise from day to day. And as we receive God's unending love for us, we are inspired to share that love with others. When we recognize that it is God's grace that has drawn us into God's beloved family, we are inspired to show others how they belong to this beloved family as well. May we walk this way. May we talk this way. May we be imitators of God in this way. Amen. pronouncements on you. You are a child. You are a child of God. And there is no thing or no one who can separate. They can separate you from the truth that you're someone. You are family. You are meant to child of God. You are a child, a child of God. As those who are beloved children of God, we pray for one another. And as we pray for one another, I invite you to center yourselves, to open your hearts to God. And for those of you who are joining us online, um, you can drop your prayer concerns and celebrations into the chat um, to lift those up as well. Let us pray. 
God of grace and love, we are so very grateful for who you are, for who you created us to be, and for who you call us to be each and every day. God, as we join together our hearts today in worship and praise of you, we pour out our love and gratitude to you, and we give you thanks. We have so much to celebrate, God. We lift up today the wedding anniversary celebrations of Bob and Penny Schmidt, Sarah and Tony Benton, and we celebrate with Sarah Austin and Zach Adcock in the wedding of their daughter Claire Austin to Francisco Cole. God, we lift up to you and give thanks for Megan Getman and her ministry with us here at Westlake United Methodist Church, and we ask your blessing on her continued journey in this next chapter. We give you thanks for Kelly Brewer and Ashley Mangold, who will be stepping in to shepherd all of our young people in ministry as they are able to grow more deeply in love with you and grow more faithful. Holy and loving God, we lift up to you also those things that weigh heavily on our hearts and minds. We lift up all those we know who are sick or injured, those who are healing from surgeries, God, we ask that they feel your grace ever-present with them and that they are assured of your healing touch. We lift up to you, God, all of those who are suffering with strained relationships, financial hardships, those who are seeking employment, those who feel broken and alone. God, we lift up all who are afraid. We ask that, again, your presence be felt deeply and that they are assured that you are always and already with them I want to invite us now to lift up the things that we carry on our hearts in this next few moments. God, it is your grace that draws us more and more deeply into relationship with you and into faith that you are always with us. We know that your Holy Spirit connects us and guides us and gives us strength. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would guide us to do the good works that you have set out for us and that we would be encouraged to always speak truth. And we pray all of this in the name of the one who is the truth and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
take the path of most resistance. That's where you walk with me. I'll take the way called holy. That's where I find your strength. I'll take the road less traveled. I'll take the narrow find it it's written in the truth it's where the Lord can walk beside you I wish the whole world knew I'll take the road less traveled I'll take the narrow way I'll walk another I'll go, I'll go your way. Yeah, I'll take the road less traveled. Sing in your hearts, everybody. I'll take the narrow way. I'll walk another mile with you, and I'll go, I'll go your way. Yes, I'll go, I'll go your way. Thank you all for clapping along. <laughs> Would you mind putting up slide four with Ephesians 4.32 on it? And let's make this part of our benediction today. Let's say this together. Slide four. There we go. Let's say this together. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Go now in this incredible love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, uh, we stand and often hold hands in this congregation. This morning, can you stand and just open your hands and receive an offering of going now in peace? Go now in peace, never be afraid, God will go with you each hour of every day, go now in faith, steadfast, strong and where I find your strength. I'll take the road less traveled. I'll take the narrow way. I'll walk another mile with you and I'll go, I'll go your way. I'll go, I'll go your way. Not many people ever find it. It's written in the truth. 
It's where the Lord can walk beside you. I wish the whole world knew. I'll take the road less traveled. I'll take the narrow way. I'll walk another mile with you, and I'll go, I'll go your way. I'll take the road less traveled. I'll take the narrow way. I'll walk another mile with you, and I'll go, I'll go your way. Yes, I'll go, I'll go your way.